I'm Jill Hopkins. I'm Gabe Mendoza. The Winter Block Party Season 10 is now in full effect. We are here from now until 10 p.m. with a, a wide array of the most illustrious guests that Chicago has to offer. We are concentrating on you. We are showcasing talent, dropping knowledge. There's so much hip hop, there's so much history in this building, and uh, I can't believe that we've been around for 10 years. We've been showcasing the talent and art of Chicagoans for a whole decade, and it's always been a labor of love between all of us here at Vocalo and WBZ and young Chicago authors. From the get-go, our next guests have known that this event is more than just a party and has made sure that it stays a tribute to our city, to our youth, and to the art that both inspire. From the Chicago Community Trust and formerly of the mighty WBEZ, Daniel Ash is here. And the head of the legendary Young Chicago Authors, Kevin Koval, joins us. Gentlemen, welcome to Vocalo. Let's give it up, welcome, everybody. Welcome, yeah. Thanks for having us. Kevin, uh, thank you once again for joining us. You were here last year uh, making magic here on the radio. And I want to start with the kind of the Reader's Digest version of the history of young Chicago authors for folks that may not know. Uh, tell us about uh, the mission and uh, what you hope to contribute to the city. Yeah, sure. Young Chicago Authors is a nonprofit youth literary organization that was started by Bob Boone uh, in 92. And it was a space that he wanted to bring together young creative writers on Saturdays and give them an opportunity to build with one another. And uh, I came into the organization in 99, and uh, in 2001, me and a crew of teaching artists and writers and, and classroom teachers started a festival called Out of the Bomb, the Chicago Youth Poetry Festival. And we've just been creating spaces for uh, young creatives in the city uh, you know, since that time. And so, of course, all the work has grown. Uh, this, this block party is a testament to that. And you know, part of what we're really trying to do is use the tool of culture to desegregate the city. Chicago mm. being one of the most segregated cities in America, and we think that the cultural landscape and the space should look antithetical to the way people plan the city. And so our intention is to kind of vibe in the space and aesthetics and ethos of house and hip hop music in Chicago and, and bring people together in a new and a different way. Daniel, take us back to 2008, 2009. Let's get in the DeLorean. Mm -hmm. uh, Obama was president. Yeah. I weighed 30 pounds less. <laughs> we had plenty of reasons to party. But why this party? What sparked the idea for such a grand day-long event? So the context is this. Um, WBEZ um, was struggling with trying to be relevant to more people in Chicago. Um, our audience for 91.5 was overwhelmingly white, um, mostly baby boomers, and my job was to help bring more people into that space. So we couldn't, um, and this is, keep it real, they wouldn't let me change the programming on WBEZ. Um, <laughs> and so a couple of my team members and I, um, Don Hall and Breeze Richardson, we said, well, let's create an event series. And so we, um, basically is off air um, event series, and we had an event each month for that year. Um, and give you some context, we had um, a coffee event where people would drink coffee, and it was 300 people showed up. We had an event at Goose Island. We had um, a house party where we had um, great DJs come in and spin for us. Actually, very few people showed up for that. Um, <laughs> but we had this idea. Y'all had a chef battle, too. We had right? a chef battle, that was yeah. Fresh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fresh. We had yeah. thousands of people showed up for that. 
So, but we, I wanted, I'm a hip hop head, I grew up with hip hop, it's part of my life. And I said, we need to do something that is grounded in hip hop culture. And, and the reason why, just Kevin said, is it's a culture that actually, it's all about the mix, right? It's all about the remix, it's all about the blend, bringing people, bringing ideas, bringing spirits together. And, um, and so when we had this idea of, of doing something like that, my instinct was, well, let's bring Kevin into this space so that we could curate a, a day. And the, the idea of having, I remember the initial conversation, well, let, let's do it in the middle of the, of the winter, but let's take the block party indoors. Yeah. Right? Now, I would say, I want to say one other thing, Jim. The folks at WBEZ thought we had no business doing anything associated with hip-hop arts. Um, they were actually, like, our audience, meaning that principally white audience, would not want to show up and connect with this culture. Um, what we learned in that first year, I don't know if you remember this, um, we had some core BEZ listeners. And here, and I say this respectfully, you had these uh, 50-something-year-old baby boomers who had heard, about, heard the promo on BEZ. They showed up, and... The next week, we got letters from folks saying, I am so glad that you did that. That's amazing. I, I would have never experienced such a vibrant um, moment in the city had it not been from, for WBZ introduced me to this space. And so they, it wasn't repelling to the audience, except it was embraced by many. And uh, let me just say that we here at Vocalo were happy to uh, grab the baton there and, and run with it for the last 10 years. And, and this block party has just grown exponentially over the year, and and folks kind of look forward to it now. Exactly, exactly. And so this is kind of a, the winter block party is a great lead into the Louder, uh, Louder Than a Bomb uh, season that's beginning next month. Can you talk a little bit about the, the competition, Louder Than a Bomb, and some of the people who will be appearing uh, later on this evening? Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we kind of see the block party as the... Uh, informal, formal kickoff to Louder Than a Bomb season. And so, you know, this year it pairs up really well. I mean, next week we start uh, the festival uh, Louder Than a Bomb, and we've always seen this uh, as, a, as a sister event to, mm. to the festival. Uh, tonight, you know, we have, all throughout the day, we have incredible acts and a b-boy battle that I really love with uh, Wicked in the Phase 2 crew who throws this battle. Uh, of course, there's a, you know, a gallery down here in the Smart Bar and a lot of uh, orgs out who you could find out information about you know the work that people are doing around the city on a regular basis. You have incredible DJs all day curated by Jesse De La Pena, who's you know one of the reasons why I got involved in Chicago hip hop culture because I got a fake ID when I was 17 to go see him <laughs> at the Elbow Room. Um, but and Jesse was only 19 at the time. Listen, which is yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah, right, yeah. There were less laws then, I think. Um, and and but you know, so tonight we have a, a great show. I mean, we have uh, Luna Day and. Navarro and uh, MF and Mello and Mother Nature and we also have a Secret Walls battle which we introduced mm. to the block party last year which is a two on two black and white street and graffiti art live uh, 90 minute battle um, and there's a lot of performers in, in the mix there too and tonight one of the things that I'm really excited about is that we have uh, you know one of the DJs from the legendary Mole Man crew who's going to be spinning at the top of the night and also playing 
the Secret Walls battle and just as a 90s hip hop kid to be able to share a stage with one of the moment in the Metro where they used to throw the Chicago Rocks parties. Yeah. I mean, this is like a, a, uh, a welcoming home for so much of, of the history and, and strength of, of the Chicago hip hop tradition. Now, uh, Young Chicago Authors uh, has gotten to the point in its existence where former students are now internationally famous reps, superstars, they're world-renowned, award-winning authors, and a lot of them come back to the organization to pass on the knowledge uh, to the next generation. What is it like to see that? What is it like to have this intergenerational influence on the art of Chicago that the world has taken notice of? Yeah, I think it's powerful, and I think I think that the you know part of the reason why it is is because my elders demanded the same kind of intergenerational conversation, and they accounted for me. I think in the way that my colleagues are also accounting for the new generation, and the way that generation then is accounting for the generation after. And so I really like you know it's like I have to give praise to Luis Rodriguez and Haki Marabudi and their mentors. Uh, you know, like like Miss Brooks. You know, Miss Brooks accounted for generations of new artists, and I think that is a lineage that Chicagoans take very seriously. That they're that the notion of mentorship and being an artist in the community is is imperative to the art, and that in Chicago, art is also a utility. It's something that matters in the lives of everyday people, and I think that's why then the artists come back and continue to have an impact in the in the way that they do in profound and in grand ways. Daniel, I would be remiss if we had someone from the Chicago Community Trust on the show and didn't talk about the great work that you all do. Can you tell us what 2019 has in store from the Chicago Community Trust? Well, I, I can. Um, for first of all, I want to say I'm on the board of Young Chicago Authors, yes. and, um, and just thank hearing, God, thank God, <laughs> <laughs> for real. And, and what, what Kevin was just saying about like, how each generation has to take care of the next. I mean, it's, it's, it is so, so important. Um, and it, as he said, it's not just the art. It really is, helps all of us, the artists and non-artists, survive in this city, yeah. right? It's really, really important work. Um, the Chicago Community Trust, we, you know, as you know, support organizations like Young Chicago Authors. Um, real quick, what's in store for us is a major, major shift um, and focus on a big hairy, audacious goal. Like We've set our sights on closing the racial wealth gap in Chicago um, over the next 10 um, plus years. And I won't get into all the details, but one thing that we did over the last year with our new CEO, um, Helene Gell, is ask the question, how can we have lasting impact on this city? Um, we've done good work supporting organizations, being charitable, um, but we need to start addressing the, si the systems that actually create the conditions that we're always right. responding to. Um, so we've, we've, we're turning the organization in a different direction. Um, and I'm, you're going to hear a lot more about us supporting good programs, um, but also taking stands that are important for our most vulnerable neighborhoods. Exactly. Um, so we're here until 10 o'clock tonight. There's a lot going on. What are you guys both really looking forward to and excited about tonight's festivities? I mean, I always look forward to the to the b-boy battle. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like this is something that um, 
you know, in, in the city, there's such a rich, incredible tradition of, of uh, b-boy and b-girl culture. And so I look forward to that. Uh, I, I love the Secret Walls competition. It's, uh, you know, Secret Walls is also an org that we partner with uh, that started in, in Shoreditch in London, but is now has a home base in Los Angeles. And they do these battles, art battles around the planet. And so that's going to be a very special moment. But again, to have the moment in the metro tonight. That's huge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, I mean, it's historic, you know. That is, it is huge. Uh, I will see you all in our selfie with the Molman later that we take here at the Metro. And I want to make sure that people know how to find out more about your organizations. You can visit youngchicagoauthors.org and the Chicago Community Trust site at cct.org. Let's party. Yeah. We've earned it. Thank you, Daniel Ash. Thank you, Kevin Coble. Give it up, everybody. Thanks for having us. You are listening to Vocalo. We are live from the Smart Bar and the Metro at the 10th Annual Winter Block Party. WBEZ, Vocalo, and Young Chicago Authors. We throw really good parties, Gabe Mendoza. We do. We do, <laughs> we do hold it down for Chi-Town. <laughs> My name is Jill Hopkins. Right now, going on upstairs at the Metro, the breakdance battle hosted by Wicked is in full effect. Downstairs at the Metro, we have so many great people, so many small business owners, so many entrepreneurs, so many activists, so many artists sharing uh, their goods and their services and their activism. And sometimes you get... Uh, the the Venn diagram, that little triangle in the middle mm-hmm. uh, that gives you an organization like Hope for the Day. Hope for the Day wants you to know that it's okay not to be okay and to remove the stigma from discussing uh, mental health and making it easier for all of us to access it. And joining us from Hope for the Day, we've got our friend, Mike Van Opel. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. We are always glad uh, when things like this spring up in Chicago because it's 2019 and we talk about self-care a lot, but I don't think we always talk about the mental health aspect of that sort of thing. People think bubble baths and face masks, but that's that's not it at all. So tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Hope for the Day and uh, your mission to help Chicago. Absolutely. Um, well, what's really neat about what we're doing is we're approaching it in a proactive way. We want to look at everything in a bigger picture. Uh, we want to include those bubble baths and face masks in self-care. <laughs> we do. We want people to acknowledge that some of those things they're already doing in their life is proactive self-care, self-love. And it's helping you release this pressure build, building up inside of you, whether you realize it or not. Um, I think a lot of us uh, have been so highly stigmatized in, you know, as we've grown up that if we're having a problem, sometimes none of us will even be like, hey, maybe, maybe this is mental health. And maybe I should go see a doctor about this because that's not the first thing that comes to mind. You don't, you don't think that. And you don't want to think that. You don't want to accept that, hey, maybe I got something I got I to gotta take care of here. Sure. And you don't want to ask somebody to help you with it because you're worried they're going to think you're crazy or weird or different or lesser. And it's, it's none of those things. It's a very natural thing that happens sometimes, just like people need it insulin for diabetes and mm-hmm. you know they need their they need their hypertension medicine and stuff like that how does uh, hope for today how do you guys uh, attack like you said the stigma and getting information out there and having that conversation with the community so hope for the day started very grassroots our, our founder johnny boucher he was in the the promotion side of the music industry doing punk punk and hardcore shows all over uh, and metro was one of his home bases he lost his mentor um, and very dear friend, uh, Mike Scanlon, um, who he had just, 
he, he decided to take his life and Johnny couldn't believe it because this guy had success. He had the Range Rover and the, and the penthouse on the lake shore and just, you know, had it all. But that's just how it is. We're, we don't need to just look at the people that we think are at risk. We got to just understand that mental health every day. It's not, it's not going to be one commercial or one therapist visit that's going to fix everything for everybody. And we got to be real about it and start talking about it so people can have the education to first understand that we have mental health stuff, all of us. Uh, we have a brain, therefore, we got to make sure we learn to take care of it, like our heart and our lungs. Um, but then to be able to identify and know what to do to help someone, just like we know how to help somebody with a broken leg or a sprained ankle. We reflexively get them an ice pack or yeah. wrap, the, wrap that thing up. Sit down, you know, get them <laughs> ibuprofen, get them fixed up. We do the same thing for a cough. Hey, you got a fever. Let's get you chicken noodle soup and have you rest a little bit. You'd be good to go in a couple of days. We get on top of it right away instead of letting it get full blown out in pneumonia, right? Right. With mental health, we wait for that cut to get infected. We wait for it to turn, turn green and gangrenous and smell like cheese and... Then it's like, oh, we better get to 911. Let's get to the emergency room. Um, and it doesn't have to be that, be that way. I'll be darned if I'm going to wait around for people to get that crisis stage. I'm going to be a loud, loud kid at the lunch table talking about mental health. And that's how we are as an organization. Raising the visibility is what we're about. Being proactive, getting people hooked up with resources that are out there in the community, even though we don't talk about them or raise that visibility. We're going to change that. It's 1.31. You're listening to Vocalo. I'm Jill Hopkins. This is Gabe Mendoza. We are live from the Smart Bar in the Metro at Vocalo's 10th Annual Winter Block Party. We're here with Mike Van Opel from Hope for the Day. How do you get out into the communities and bring your message to the people? Well, it started uh, with Johnny going to concerts and speaking from stage. He found the more he talked about it, the more people felt like that weight had been lifted off of them and they could share their pain, share their experience. And we can start to turn negative experiences into these positive moments of connection and uh, bonding with another human being. Um, so that's how it began. And it just caught on like wildfire. And now we have an education team and we have an events team and we have a design department. And everything centers around community. We want to bring different groups of people together and let them all, let them all know that the individual experience, we've got to respect the dignity of our individuality. but. At the end of the day, we're all just having good days, bad days, trying to get through it. And we can do that as a unified front as a community if we all are kind of on the same page and committed to being conscious with our choice and language moving forward and creating youth groups of mental health ambassadors for generations to come to, to do it even better than we're doing it right now, you know? When, uh, when folks come to the Smart Bar today, which I know they all are, Team Vocalo, uh, and they stop by the It's Okay Not to Be Okay Hope for the Day booth. What can they find, and what information will you be sharing with them? So, like, just like at our roots, when we when Johnny just printed out resources and had them at concert venues and stuff, we have lots of free resources always available at any of our events. Um, we have a one sheet that has kind of a succinct synopsis of some of our philosophy about understanding mental health. Uh, understanding that our brains is kind of like a soda bottle and that stress is the life aspects that shake that bottle. Mm. Uh, there's some supportive tips 
on the backside, there's some local resources, national resources, and uh, some emergency resources. And then we got pins and bracelets that say it's okay not to be okay. Have hope with our, our organization website, hftd.org, which you can find all sorts of good stuff down there too, like uh, downloadable assets for educational materials and signs you could put in your community um, to help raise the visibility yourself, take an action and being part of this mission. Um, not only that, we partner with Dark Matter Coffee. Uh, last May, we were able to open up Sip of Hope Coffee Bar. Obama Foundation tweeted us, and we got to be on the Today Show in, in a feature. So that's been great, because it's an actual tangible space that is enacting and representative of what we're all about. And that's just having the messaging right there, right in front of you, free vernacular, destigmatizing and inclusive and uh, hopeful. You know, we, we don't want it to be a dry piece of toast. Our, our prevention uh, efforts traditionally have been all reactive and wait until that crisis stage and crisis response. That's where we focus most of the resources even today, even though we're moving that needle in the right direction. Um, but we want it to be fun. We want to incorporate all modes of self-expression, music, art, community uh, group, group meetups like that active lifestyle or not, you know, being at uh, C2E2 and stuff in, in the spring, just mixing it up with every group of people, telling them if whatever you're into, that's, that's part of your, your proactive mental health care. And if you notice that that pressure didn't go away when you did something that you love, maybe it's mental health, maybe it's something you should talk to a professional about and that there's no shame with that. So. I gotta say, I wore, I had my It's Okay Not To Be Okay pin on my jacket while I was visiting my therapist for an appointment. Nice. And she made me take it off and give it to her. <laughs> oh, wow. She's like, I, that's, that's given up, probably. Some, some people take it the wrong way. Some people are like, well, no, it's not no, okay to she's, not be okay. She's like, no, this is the missing. This is how, why I went to medical school. Like, this is... My degree in button that just, form. That just, that just shows you that even like within the medical field, some people have some outdated ways of approaching mental health where they might be like, well, being not okay is not okay. And that's not going to help anybody. And that, in, that, in that moment of having a bad day or having a mental health challenge, uh, giving people that comfort of that, like this is kind of common. And you're, you know, that pain is temporary and we can, get through this together mm. as teammates, mm. uh, as a community, like, we gotta start looking out for one another yeah. in, a, in a more genuine manner than just, uh, you know, it's true. that I electronic should say that world. I gave it to her and she put it on her own jacket. That's oh. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was like a, oh. give me that. Give me that. No, it wasn't give me that. And I was like, fine, but also, do I get a discount, man? Does yeah, this take right? care of my copay? What's going on right now? Well, man, even your therapist could come to the free community education workshops that we put on. We put on one a month at the Logan Square Public Library right across from the coffee bar. We bring coffee from Sip of Hope, so everybody's got something nice and hot to drink, some of that jet fuel, little snacks, a little discussion, a little bit of an open forum, but most importantly getting people feeling equipped and empowered to take that message onward into their communities so we can really have some genuine impact. Well, one of my favorite songs from last year was from Royce the Five Nines Book of Ryan album titled Strong Friend. Check yeah. up on your strong friend. Yeah. So. We all need, we, we have one person, man. Just one person that you can check in with. Be like, hey, I'm not okay. Can you, uh, yeah. can you get my back for a second? And I'll have yours on one of your bad days, you know? 
That's what it's all about. Absolutely. We are here for community. We are here for mental health. And we are here for Hope for the Day. You can go to hftd.org for more information on all the great work that they do. Give it up, everybody, for Mike Van Opel and Hope for the Day. Thanks, Appreciate it. And you're listening to Vocalo 91.1 FM. We're at the legendary Smart Bar. Give yourselves a round of applause, Smart Bar. It's the 10th annual Winter Block Party brought to you by Vocalo, WBEZ, and Young Chicago Authors coming up in just a little bit on the show. Gabe Mendoza and I, I'm Jill Hawkins, by the way, will be bringing you uh, folks from Secret Walls. You'll hear from Def C ahead of his hosting joint at the uh, MC Olympics happening downstairs at the Smart Bar at 4.15. You'll hear from legendary Vocalo DJ collective leader, Jesse De La Pena, and we'll have so much more. Chicago legends on deck. Chicago no big deal. legends. That's all we deal with today. And right now, we've got two very special guests in the studio. We have Michelle Pugh and Fresh Waters from, George, the, John George, Wa- George, George. Fresh, from the John Walters Foundation, a uh, foundation that empowers and enables youth across multiple artistic platforms that intend to partner with the professional artists uh, and youth to help mentor as well as build their art- artistic futures. Welcome. How are you guys doing? We good today. How you doing? Oh, good. we are doing so well, and we're so grateful that uh, that you've come to the block party to share this message and to share, as always, the memory of John Walt. Before we get into the work that the foundation does, can you uh, help us all uh, get to know who John was a little bit better? Okay. Um, Fresh, you want to start a little bit? Um. So. Uh, John was, um, as we call him now, dinner with John, because that was that was the name that he went by um, d- before. Um, Prior to him passing, he had changed his stage name to um, Dinner with John. Yes, so um, he was he was just a superstar uh, from start to finish. Um, my journey with meeting John was just uh, visiting Saba's basement, uh, doing music with Saba and his brother Joseph Chilliams and uh, their friend MF and Mello, which are all my friends now, um, was just, you know, a, just a happen chance that I just seen a catalog of his work. And I'm like, who is this guy? You know, meeting him, um, you just felt his energy. Um, you felt his passion. He always just told you, you know, like it was. Um, but he always did everything in love and protection of everyone that he was around. He loved the arts. And, yeah. I never got to, to meet him, but the legacy that he left behind, the inspiration that he gave to so many people in such a short amount of time is a testament to the kind of man that he must have been. And the fact that so many people came together to start this foundation, to continue the work that he had started to do is amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about what the John Walt Foundation brings to Chicago and and how they hope to continue his legacy? Well, the the foundation was started um, along with myself and my cousin Saba. We, We just wanted to make sure that we continued on to give to the youth the same way that this whole collective, the Pivot Gang, does. Um, What we we wanted to do is just make sure that we can give scholarships in honor of my son, Walter. The scholarships are for children in the ages, well, not children, youth, creative youth from the ages of 14 to 24 years old. Mm -hmm. Each year we plan to give a $1,000 scholarship to five 
to buy gifts. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's a, it's really more like a creative grant. With the youth that we selected this year for the scholarships, we have been making sure that they can do a lot of different things to develop their careers as a, a young and expiring artist. If you're a dancer and you want to go to dance classes, that's what your funding will go toward, if that's what you want to do. If you are a record a studio recorder, you want to record music, um, we'll make sure that you can go to the studio. So whatever you want to do to develop your um, your art, we're going to make sure that they can do it. And we also try to match you with a mentor, you know, uh, to you know, uh, someone that's got their feet in the game already, somebody that can give you tips, somebody that can get, uh, cut through the red tape of the experience that you will have to learn on your own. So that way you also have a colleague coming into the field that you're approaching. Well, how does it work? So how do you guys connect with the youth? Are you guys involved with other organizations or with public or private schools or institutions? Uh, how, does, how does the connection come together? Yeah, so um, the connection usually comes together by um, us putting the word out, um, making sure that, you know, um, everyone who is in the range and is, uh, you know, um, available for the application process is basically we just give the word and say, you know, hey, you know, we have these applications. We want you to check them out. Um, people, you know, they, they, they send in their, uh, they fill out the application for um the scholarship. The scholarship. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because I never got a chance to, you know, get a scholarship. So I'm just like very excited when, you know, um, but they bring in um, videos of their art, their art form. They, you know, they give us a description of mm. their self, what they want to do in life, um, because it's, you know, it's, it's more than just what they want to do in this present moment, you know, because we're just helping at this present moment. But, you know, they have to live on and, and create and, and grow. So, um, yeah, we just, you know, we see the work that they have. We sit down. Um, we go through that. We pick recipients for the application process. I mean, for the interview process. And, um, you know, we just we, we do the best we can to pick hungry individuals that we feel like are, you know, really they, they have a passion for it because, you don't want some. You don't. You know. You don't want to encourage the youth to do something, and then you know, like they you, they lose their fire and their vigor for it. Nah. You know. You want to give. The, you want to get them early when they still have the interest, and you know they 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 putting their nails into it. You know. So we just got our boots on the ground, and you know we just here trying to you know encourage everybody that that that, that take that that simple step and say you know I have something that I'm great at creatively, and I just want to be able to you know. Learn what's what's my next you know uh, what's my next step. So some of the some of the um, organizations that's worked with us and make sure that they got the word out for us is um, Young Chicago Authors, yeah. um, Walter and Fresh, and all of the Pivot other Gang. Pivot Gang members. They've always been a part of Young Chicago Authors YCA, and they've definitely been like our big brother in this whole setup. Um, Miro, uh, which is. Um, Lupe Fiasco's um, foundation ran by Aisha Jaco. They've been Big very, up to Aisha. yeah, Aisha's been very detrimental um, as well as helping us out, trying to make sure that the word is out there, and also just you know being a uh, number one support of us. Um, also, um, Donnie from Articulture, she's been another big supporter of us. So like this is like been a very um, small creative you know group of people that's been really down with us since day one, and they make sure that they get that word out. Once yeah. we send out um, uh, our postings about the foundation um, offering the, the application process, we put that out there, 
and then that's when the kids go in and they yeah. fill out the applications and submit them to us. And they, a lot of people, they're pushing it out. So we've already selected the ones for the past year. Uh-huh. We'll most likely have our application process open back up in the uh, beginning of June right on. for the next year. Oh, great. Get it together, kids. Uh, June will be here before you know it. It is 2.15 on Vocalo 91.1 FM. I'm Jill Hopkins. I'm Gabe Mendoza. We are coming to you live from the Smart Bar and the Metro. It's the 10th annual Winter Block Party. This is Chicago. We're talking to Nichelle Pugh and Fresh Waters from the John Walt Foundation. (laughs) Now, I know it's only February, but it is not too early to start talking about John Walt Day. Uh, We're having a good party here right now. We're raising awareness right now, but John Walt Day is an amazing event uh, that pays great tribute to to an amazing man. Can you tell us about uh, the John Walt Day's past and and how you hope to grow the event uh, in 2019? So John Walt Day, the first John Walt Day was at the House of Blues and um, we were blessed enough to sell out. And um, the year following, which is this year that just passed, uh, we had it at Concord uh, Music Hall and we sold out again. So um, we just try to showcase, uh, you know, our talents and bring awareness to the John Walt Foundation, raise uh, awareness and raise funds so that way you know we can get things generated for the youth that we're trying to bring in bring in more activities we want to we want to start workshops um, you know we want to we be able to try to spark that and encourage more youth to you know just have the creative sense and uh, John Wall Day is just basically uh, the the it's, it's the grand finale for us you know um, mm. it's his birthday so this is our celebration. It's, it's, it's our holiday. So we usually just try to make sure that everyone that comes out, they, they, they understand that we're all family um, because that's how, that's how Walt viewed everybody that he loved and he befriended, you know, your family. Once you, become, once, you, once you come into the fold, we're all family, and we're going to just have a good day. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to eat. We're going to, you know, listen to some great music. We're going to dance. You know, um, <laughs> we're going to party afterwards. You know, we got the after party after, too. <laughs> Literally partying for the youth. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, li- I like it. Now, you've got some great organizations that you just mentioned that you uh, work with. But that doesn't mean that other organizations can't get in on this. That's true. That's true. We're very open with anyone that wants to work with us and invite us in to to work with them. We're in in the learning process right now, being a young organization and just learning different things from different people and just um, making sure that the youth in the city of Chicago have the resources that they need. When we were, well, not when we, because I wasn't, I'm not their age, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm John Walsh's mom. So, me neither, you know. girl, me neither. Yeah, so, but when, uh, when they were coming up, they were looking for places and resources to do certain things with their, you know, with their art. And all of them ended up downtown at um, U Media, and they ended up in Wicker Park at um, YCA. And so, like, in the Austin area, they didn't find anything that they wanted to do there. So they had to gravitate outside of the actual community that they were from. And so what we want to do is try to get something in our area as well. We'll go out to different areas, you know, that's no problem. But we want to try to get something for the kids in that area as well because everybody can't or don't know how to travel and go and you know go downtown right. and go to Wicker Park and go to gotta meet like, them where they are yeah so we want to meet them where they are and try to make sure that those kids in that particular area as well has opportunities 
Why do you think that today's Chicago artist seems to be more involved with the communities that they're from? We're seeing that with Chance the Rapper. We're seeing that with Vic Mensa. We're seeing it with Lupe uh, Comedy, even uh, with his foundation. But what, what is it about that you, you're an artist yourself, a part of uh, the Pivot Gang movement? What is it about the, the makeup of the group itself and, in, and having that inclusion and, build, and giving back to the community that you guys come from. But why do you see that? Why, why do you think that so many of you guys have decided to give back when you guys could obviously take your success, move on, and call it a day? Yeah. What is it? What, what is the fulfillment and giving back? So the fulfillment is is mainly from uh, the opportunity uh, to to just be uh, to 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 be that light. Um, to be that 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 to be that piece that uh, people say you know I, I I had my starting point and this person was there they were in the gap for me you know standing in the gap for someone is very important because we have brother Mike you know uh, long live brother Mike we have brother Mike standing in the gap for us he was our mentor and lyricist life um, we had you know YCA had a plethora of mentors there so. You know, being able to be older now and, you know, a more established working artist actively in the community, you know, you see the same things that uh, with young artists trying to figure out what, you know, what to do. What what do I do next or how do I do a, How do I go about doing these things? So we just want to be able to, you know, be there for them, be standing right there in the gap. That's great. And me being just the, the mom of a, a youth that was in the Austin area and he didn't have resources in our particular area that he felt like, you know, he could be a part of, just being able to offer that to other kids that are like my son, you know, young creatives that just don't have anything to do. When I, I leave my house every day and I get in my car and I drive down the street and I see kids just sitting out on corners and things when they could be doing something better or something positive with themselves, I just want to make sure that I can try to provide that, you right. know, if I can. If right. I can just provide that for one kid, I'm going to be happy with that. If I can provide that for 20 kids, I'll be happy with that. But we hope to reach the masses of the, the, the youth in the city and also in our awesome area. I just want to say you are not just a mom. There is no such thing as just a mom. And thank you, thank you so much for, for maintaining the legacy of your son and uh, making sure that the, the children, the, the youth of Chicago, have opportunities that maybe they didn't have before. We are so happy that you could join us and that you're here at the block party today. I want to get the information thank out you for having us to today. the people. Anytime at all. We appreciate Vocalo. Vocalo been holding it down for a yeah. while now, y'all. <laughs> there you go. Spell hey, that truth. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Hey, Vocalo been holding it down for a while. Y'all make sure y'all keep listening to Vocalo. Keep tuning in. We appreciate you. We're up to five whole listeners now, so this is great. Uh -uh. <laughs> We're doing it big. Hey, we got to start somewhere. We're doing the groundwork. You know what I mean? When we have 50,000, they going to remember this day. They yeah. are. They are. Can and I say just one thing? Please do. Yeah, I just want to um, let you guys all know that yesterday was the anniversary of the death of my son. And um, Fresh and I and the rest of my family, we, we had a, a, a heavy day yesterday. And just being here um, with, like, the community that he loved to be around, it's kind of like a breath, of, a, breath, a breath of fresh air. And it's just kind of making this hard time for us, um, making it easy, not easy, but it's, it's something that we're able to fight through because we're around love 
and around the community that they all love. Well, yeah. thank you for bringing that love to us. And uh, anything that we can do for y'all, it is our pleasure to do. And keep it up, please, please thank do. You. you can visit johnwaltfoundation.org for more information on the scholarship fund or how you can get involved or donate. Uh, thank you so much, Nichelle Pugh. Thank you so much, Fresh Waters. Thank you for having me. Long live dinner with John. Let's hear Church. some great Chicago music. This is Dej Monet with Need You. This is the morning. Oh, it's not the morning. Oh, <laughs> my God. Not. I'm on autopilot all of a sudden. This is Vocalo 91.1 FM. Tune in. Jill Hopkins. I'm Gabe Mendoza. We are broadcasting live from the Smart Bar in the Metro. It's the 10th annual Vocalo Winter Block Party. <laughs> Every year we team up with our friends at WBEZ and Young Chicago Authors and bring you a day-long event like none other. Right now, it is 2.30. So uh, above our heads, there's probably about 15 people uh, breakdancing. Yes. Uh, there's a DJ, Cashera, that's hosted by Wicked. Uh, later on, you'll hear from the Vocalo DJ Collective. And then after that, right here in the legendary Smart Bar, our next guest is going to make sure that you know about the next generation of Chicago talent. Def C is here! Yeah! He's a rapper, he's a published <laughs> poet, he's a teaching artist all the way from River Forest, Illinois. Uh, he recorded and released his first album, One Eye Open, at the age of 17 and has performed in major cities across the U.S. and internationally, all while passing on knowledge to the next generation. Uh, the MC Olympics are here at 4.15. We can't wait, and we're so happy to see you again. It's only been a week, but it feels like longer. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's been a desert these past seven days. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, you and Demetrius and DJ Cash Era took over the vocal airwaves last Saturday afternoon. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. Uh, but it seems to me that spreading the word about young Chicago authors and about hip hop and about uh, you know uh, uh, literacy and and all that stuff is the most natural thing in the world for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been a teaching artist since 2012. So I graduated from the University of Wisconsin around then, and then Kevin reached out to me. He know he knew that I was doing private MC workshops in the suburbs, and uh, he said, we're trying to develop this teaching artist core at YCA. Um, would you be down to get involved? And so uh, myself and a producer named Sev Severe, shout out to Sev Severe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we actually were the, the inaugural co-facilitators of MC Rec Shop back in 2012. Um, and now I co-facilitate it with Ad2, who's actually in L.A. at the Grammys right now. Oh, Shout out to Ad2. What's up, Ad2? I know. He's probably, he's probably you know, trying to match his fedora with his tuxedo right now. <laughs> and, shout and out he, to Ad2. And he just put out his first song last and, night yeah, in four more, years. More importantly, shout out to Ad2. His new song, uh, Get Your Hand Out My Pocket, is on SoundCloud. Everyone should go check that out. Please um, do. But I started with YCA uh, as a teaching artist, and then I was hired to be a teaching assistant in the spoken word poetry program at my old high school in the suburbs. And uh, I'm currently student teaching at a CPS school on the west side. And uh, I'm probably going to have my certification in the next few months. So Ooh, education, nice. definitely, definitely up there. But I'm equally passionate about, um, you know, helping young people 
learn how to mold their creative voice as I am in kind of sharpening my own skill set as an MC. So definitely. Now, you've been in the game since you were 17, <laughs> releasing an album when most of us were just like, I don't know, throwing bottles at trains. I don't know what 17-year-olds <laughs> do anymore. I miss that level of passion and obsession about music that I used to have when I was that age. But that mm -hmm. level of passion, that exuberance has never waned for you. It, are, are you really just like... Is this a, 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 the sort of thing where you teach them and then they pass along that youthful exuberance to you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's kind of like, at, I think at a, at a certain point, I realized that unless I was trying to work with young people and pass on what I knew about hip hop, that that knowledge wasn't gonna be as valuable if I just kept it to myself. And even if I did apply it to my own work, I, I don't know that it would have pushed me as far. So. A, a huge thing for me coming up as an MC and like a huge part, for example, of that 17-year-old me being able to put out the album was I had mentors at YCA like Krista Franklin, Avery R. Young, Tony Asante Lightfoot, Kevin Colville, Idris Goodwin, my mentor in high school, Peter Kahn, all of whom invested in me, invested a lot of time and energy in making sure that I was, a, I was you know, good socio-emotionally as well as a rapper. And so I took that example and I wanted to pay it forward to another generation of young people. And so that's where that excitement comes from and being able to know that like, I can do for somebody else what other people did for me. Nice. So definitely. All right, so we got business at hand right after we sign off at four o'clock. Right, right. The MC Olympics are starting right afterwards. Um, yep. Take us into the competition. Who can participate? Cool. Uh, how does it work? And what are the stakes for the rappers who do get down? Uh, the stakes. All right. So stakes uh, are high. we'll say, yeah, very high. Shout out to Dela and uh, Dilla, whose birthday was yesterday. Yes. Shout out to Dilla, too. It all comes full circle. Um, so the MC Olympics, the way it works is um, it's a head to head competition, but it's not a battle in the traditional sense. So we set it up 16 MCs, mm. tournament style, single elimination. The first round of the competition, you basically have 16 bars from when you start rapping, freestyle, or written over whatever beat DJ Lisa Decibel is going to be playing. Shout out to Lisa Decibel. She's going to be our DJ for the event. Um, the second round is the compliment battle round, which I think is the fan favorite of, of the evening. So MCs will have 30 seconds from when they start rapping to build the other MC up as well as they can. Uh, where a traditional battle, you're, you're working more on breaking them down and talking about, you know, their, their cousins, friends, sisters, roommate, and stuff like that. And then this is the exact opposite. We're trying to build their confidence up. Your mother's so beautiful. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. See? You would do very well in, in that round of the competition, Joe Hopkins. Uh, Those could be fighting words, too, you know? Yeah, no, nah, it's true. Oh, yeah. Facts. Facts. Uh, and then the semifinal round... Um, the final four MCs will get five words each from different members of the audience and will have 10 minutes to go write the best rap that they can using all five of those words. Oh. And then they'll come back and rap it a cappella. In, in the intervening 10 minutes, our judges will be performing, um, which is pretty dope. And then the finals is a song versus song round where two MCs will each have time to perform a song of their own and then that's actually crowd judged. So the judges at that point are kind of out of the equation and then the crowd decides who has uh, the best song performance. And then the winner, so we have prizes for first, second, and third. So the first place winner will get a $300 gift card uh, for Adidas, courtesy nice. of the Adidas Original Stores in Wicker Park, shout out to them. Mm -hmm. Second place is $200, uh, third place is $100, and the winner also will earn a spot in our first ever MC Olympic Grand Prix, which will be happening in Ooh. August. Oh. 
Yeah, so they'll have the they'll have the opportunity to go up against two other MCs as well as Samira Truth, who won our first event back in October, I believe. And let's not forget about bragging rights. Yeah, let's very true. Let's not forget about the ability to just very say true. that you are the best. That cannot be overstated. And you know, the the one thing that I, you know, we're in this building where there's a lot of hip hop, Chicago hip hop history and. Right now, you have kind of three stories of multi-generational Chicago hip-hop community being built, is that, you know, there aren't really regular competitions for MCs anymore. When I was coming up, um, there were no regular competitions for young people to participate in really involving MCing. So a big reason why I'm so passionate about the MC Olympics and trying to push this competition forward is because I want, again, to kind of provide a space that doesn't currently exist in the city. And then I also want to provide a space that I, I didn't have access to when I would have been young enough to compete, a, apart from during LTAB, which is when the MC Olympics had started, no. right? So um, that's what's so exciting to me is being able to kind of revive the competitive aspect in a friendly way that also allows space to build community afterward too. So, yeah. It's 2.38 on Vocalo 91.1 FM. We're broadcasting live from the Smart Bar. It's the Vocalo Winter Block Party 10th Annual Edition. Wow. I know, that's crazy. I am Jill Hopkins. I'm Gabe Mendoza. Joining us is Def C. He's the host of the MC Olympics that's happening right here at the Smart Bar at 4.15. Do you already have the 16 people that you need, or we are you... We do not. So oh. if you're, if you're oh. listening... Hello. If you're listening and you can get to the Metro by 4 p.m., you know, via train, Uber, car, horse-drawn carriage, whatever you want, <laughs> you should definitely come through, sign up. It's free to register, free to compete. There are some rules around safe space language, but apart from that, mm. you should definitely come through and perform. Unless, you know, if you don't have a, the instrumental to your song and you're trying to go up in a song versus song round, rapping over your own vocals... Maybe, you know, sit this one out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, maybe look. take this one off and then come through to the next one when you have the instrumental tracks. Yeah. Thank you for telling uh, folks what they need to do. And uh, thanks to, in advance, to the 16 people who are going to be participating in See, this. See, there's an opening for me to get in there and shine. Agreed. Uh, I, can have my, I can have my rabid moment. Oh, my God. Uh, please, you're already wearing a hoodie. I feel like that you're halfway there. I'm halfway there. Yeah, I mom, mean, mom's and spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, like, this kind of looks like the shelter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when they get the lighting right and everything, this, this could be it for you. This could be my moment, right? You know I'm saying. You only get Man. one shot, Gabe Mendoza. Yeah, take it. Hey, I'm going to have to do it. For the culture, of course. For the culture, of course. This whole day is for the culture. Once again, the MC Olympics happening today at the Smart Bar at 4.15 p.m. Get here. Sign up. Clean up. And uh, we cannot wait to see what's seen here, what the best of Chicago has to offer. Uh, I want people to be able to find the collected works of Def C. They can go to defcee.bandcamp.com. Def C, thank you so, so much. Get in here, everybody. Get down here to the smart bar. Let's hear a little bit from Def C. This is Five Seasons on Vocalo 91.1 FM. So, you can find me slapping the do-rag off a white boy's head Or taking scissors and clippers to a white boy's dreads I'm ready, wreaking havoc in the white boy's threads Thinking, damn, wonder if they remembered I'm a white boy yet I'm the greatest in my We are live from the Smart Bar Smart Bar, how you doing today? Yeah! 
We'll be here on the air till 4 o'clock and in the building till 10 o'clock. It is the 10th annual Winter Block Party. I'm Jill Hopkins. I'm Gabe Mendoza. Coming up in a little while on uh, the broadcast, we're going to hear from all sorts of wonderful people. We're going to talk uh, to Panic. From the Mole Men. That's oh my correct. Gosh, are you going to freak out? Again? I'm going to totally fanboy out. <laughs> I'm going to hold it together. We're also going to get to know Mother Nature. They're closing out the evening portion of the concert upstairs. But right now, uh, we want to tell you a little bit about what's happening at 6 o'clock. A fixture in the global art community for over 12 years now, Secret Walls is the world's premier live art battle. Artists of all styles and backgrounds are armed solely with black markers or acrylic paint with the challenge of filling a canvas. Terry Guy is here. He and the Secret Walls team have brought the experience to the Winter Block Party for the second year in a row, and this year promises to be one for the books. Terry Guy, welcome to Vocalo! Hi, how you doing? Over, we are excited. This is a, I, I was telling you a little bit earlier that I got to see it up close and personal last year at the Secret Walls, and I d- couldn't pick my job off the ground for a couple of days. To see something like that with your own two eyes is, is, a, is amazing. I've seen videos from uh, like Art Basel and, and things like that. I'd seen the finished products from other events, but to, to see it in real time is nuts. Can you tell me about how you came up with this idea and, and what yeah. it's grown into? Um, yeah, 13 years ago, back in London, um, before street art was kind of a thing, you know, it was uh, super underground. Um, I moved to, to the city a few years before that as a student, went to a b-boy night of all things, which is why this kind of event resonates with me massively, and um, right. I saw some graffiti on the wall, uh, and it was priced so low, I just couldn't, couldn't work out why there was no focus on the talent. So uh, I met these guys, we kind of formed a collective, fast forward a year, um, we created this thing called Secret Wars, inspired by the Marvel comic Secret Wars, mm. where the superheroes are kind of sucked into a planet and there needs to be one winner. Um, so we did it really just to put some eyeballs on, on talent and uh, you know, for, for, for us it was kind of the only live art event at the time in London. Um, these guys weren't getting in galleries or, 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 you know, or, or on any platforms. Um, and it, it exploded overnight. It went from like a 500 person bar to a thousand people and then we went on tour and the rest is history. Now, uh, art, of course, is a subjective thing and everybody comes to the events with different points of view as artists and as spectators and as judges uh, and, and all those points of view are beautiful and worthwhile but there's something about street artists uh, that gives them more of a competitive streak than say somebody like Bob Ross might have had well, can you tell me about that competitive nature that makes these things so fun to watch yeah um, I suppose originally it started as street artists and graffiti artists but um, these days we call it an illustration battle and it actually I suppose we opened ourselves up to fine artists um, you know if Bob Ross was up for it you know back in back in the day I would have loved to have had Bob Ross you know on the Secret Rules platform <laughs> he's an absolute legend um, you know Keith Haring and all of those greats kind of inspired what we do but I think now it's um, yeah it's, it's awesome just to see that mixture of styles like a, a, you know, a fine artist go up against a graffiti artist and kind of the the, the contrast between the two. Um, and again, the, I suppose the magic is in the process, which is what you were talking about when you saw it last year, mm-hmm. is uh, they've only got the 90 minutes and we only allow the black paint, no pencils, no sketches. Mm. So, 
you were talking a little bit about sort of the competitive spirit, and we have a great competition going on uh, today. Vivian Lay and Del, uh, and Del Rio versus Stuck One and Mia Lee. Uh, what are their styles like, and what makes them great choices for a comp- competition like this? Yeah, well, these guys actually were picked by um, Kevin Caval's team, um, which was awesome because I've known Kev for a few years now. And for us as Secret Wolves, we don't want to, you know, just work with the same guys over and over again. So I only met them last night for the first time over a beer and um, got to kind of understand who they were and what they're about and their characters. Um, but yeah, Kev's kind of assembled this lineup. It's, 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 it's very different. Only one of the four has done the show before. So there's a, a few nerves, but um, kind of excited to see what unfolds. But I suppose it's a mixture again of um, traditional Chicago graffiti to, you know, illustration and kind of the, the, the fun character kind of work. Nice. Now, the audiences are the judges for your Secret Walls competition. What th- and that makes everybody in the crowd an art critic for a night. Uh, any advice for all of us? What should we be basing our votes on? Um, our criteria is pretty loose. We've always been quite loose. Um, I think uh, I was trying to tell the artists last night, it comes down to the engagement with the audience. And my favorite pieces are kind of, you know, like I, I say it's a visual rap battle. You know, it, it's researching the other team and trying to visually diss the other side in a really clever, fun way. Um, that's my favorite piece, but you can just go up and paint a pretty picture, you know. But I, I feel like the, the ones that really resonate with the crowd and win the votes are, are the ones that get a little bit more clever with the message. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a few surprises. Like last year we had Scent Rock, who's uh, another Chicago artist, and oh, yeah. he just started breakdancing halfway through the show. You know, <laughs> little surprises like that. It all adds, it all adds to it. Classic Scent Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's 9, or I'm sorry, it's 8.52. My God, I am, this is like past my bedtime. It's 8.52 in the afternoon. You're listening to Vocal O 91.1 FM. Jill Hopkins and Gabe Mendoza broadcasting from the legendary... Smart bar. During the day, that's also strange. We are here for the Vocalo Winter Block Party here till 10 o'clock. Secret Walls happening at 6 o'clock upstairs at the Metro. Uh, I uh, just I want to tell you thank you so much for bringing this to us. We know that this is an international thing. Are, are Chicago audiences different from a London audience, different from a Miami audience, different from a Melbourne audience? Yeah, for sure. Um, as we travel the world, we do, you know, we're lucky enough to do world tours now and I suppose the culture, the art, the, the styles of art's different, um, the energy, the music, is, and we adapt to that. You know, we kind of started as a hip hop show, but when we're in Sweden, it kind of turns into more of an electronic kind of underground show. And turn up in uh, Australia, it might be in a rock bar. So I, I, we embrace that. And um, Chicago is one of our favorite cities. It's, the energy's awesome. There's a huge artist community here. And it's somewhere that we, we can never do enough shows. You know, We only do maybe two or three a year, but we could easily do 10 and fill the room. So, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for stopping by the show. Now, go get ready. Go, go yeah. wrangle your artists. <laughs> <laughs> it is the 10th annual Winter Block Party, everybody. The 10th annual Winter Block Party. And we are broadcasting live from the Smart Bar. Smart Bar, what's up? Represent. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like, I like that, that too. Smart yeah. bar, of course, downstairs from the Metro. Upstairs right now, we are getting ready for the DJ showcase featuring the Vocalo DJ Collective. A little later down here at the Smart Bar at 4.15, the MC Olympics will be taking place. And then at 6 o'clock, ooh, we are in for a special treat. We've been bringing uh, the finest in hip-hop to one of the finest venues in Chicago for a good long time now. 
The room that we're sitting in has played a huge part in the history of house music and hip-hop music, and all of the events going on in the building today have the best DJs in the city providing the soundtracks. Joining us here is one of them. Please welcome to the show one of the best producers and DJs the city's ever seen. It is Panic of the Moment. Welcome Woo! to the camp. Oh, my gosh. We've got, a, we've got a legit superstar. I, I, in your house. Wow. <laughs> that's, not, that's not true. <laughs> Don't believe it. <laughs> it is a uh, pleasure to have you here, Panic. Thank you so much. And to be able Hi. to watch you work tonight as part of the Secret Walls and Louder Than a Bomb mixtape portion of the show is going to be a highlight for everyone. For our listeners that may not know, can you uh, drop some knowledge on the moment and your place in the fabric of Chicago's musical history? Oh, wow. I know. I no, no pressure, though. <laughs> we we did a little bit of music. We did a we did a couple of shows and uh, worked at a record store and yeah, yeah. a few yeah, things. We, we did a little things there, there. Nothing big. <laughs> None. Well, well let's, let's talk about the impact of like the uh, obviously it started in the nineties, but like what was the, the moment and how you guys started as a DJ collective, producer collective to bring that iconic Chicago sound that was uh, that reverbed uh, throughout. Chicago vinyl and speakers and became almost known nationwide for being that Chicago sound? Um, pretty much how I learned how a lot of people do stuff. They don't think about it. They just do it. Sure. You know, so that's pretty much it. We like music and we just made it. We didn't know how to create it. We just taught ourselves. In Chicago, there's no industry, so you just pretty much go, high, go however you go. So that's as far as shows, as far as putting out records, distribution, whatever. We just went by it, boom. Now, a, a DJ collective, a, a production collective like yours, having worked together for such a long time, it's, it's more of a family than a, yeah. than a, than a business or, yeah. or than work. Uh, tell me about uh, you know, this family that you've chosen for yourself. You can't just be working with any old body. <laughs> uh, no, but um, we all had things in common. We all love hip hop. And uh, we were very passionate about it, so that's pretty much was the main thing that brought us together. After that, we got to know each other, but yeah, like you said, uh, you spend so much time with people and, and creating projects and throwing shows and doing different things that you do become a family, so. But time, time is what makes that become that. You know? Exactly. Um, Kevin Koval brought up a great point that when you guys were putting on the Chicago Rocks, it took place here. Yes. So uh, he was mentioning that it kind of felt like a bit of a homecoming. Does that does that does that bring back any feelings from the early two thousands when you guys were putting these shows on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anytime I come to the Metro, I think about all the shows that I've been here. Not just our shows, but just all sorts of different shows. I mean, people from out of town, Wu Tang or Karis right. One or whatever. But yeah, us throwing our own event here, you know, it's a big thing, you know. We were one of the only people, we, we were the first people that actually threw a show here with just Chicago artists with our own money. It was independent, no, no other thing going on. So, And we pretty much got people from all sides of the town, which is something that wasn't done before. You know, so. right. Tonight you are helping a whole bunch of really talented people. Yeah. express themselves, whether it be the visual artists of Secret Walls, whether it be the, the poets and the MCs from the Louder Than a Bomb mixtape. Why is a collaboration, why is a mashup of these different elements of hip-hop culture important to you in keeping it alive as an art form? Because that, that's what really hip-hop is. A lot of times people think about hip-hop, they see a, a rapper, but it's, it's a way more than that. It's a whole culture, it's a community. If you, 
if you go and study how it was created, it was created to get people away from the streets and stop, you know, doing, you know, just give the kids an outlook to get into poetry or to dancing or DJing or rapping. So that's that's pretty much what this is too, you know. Right. So that that is the roots of hip hop. It's, it's uh, much more than just rapping. You know, it's it's a community thing to to help kids learn things and, and have them do something like positive. Right. For a long time, you guys, the Moment imprint was kind of like what you're saying, there wasn't a lot of industry here. So the Moment Records was sort of the record industry yeah. in Chicago to release independent mm-hmm. releases. You guys almost set like a blueprint or a standard for a long time. Do you feel like you guys get the credit for the way that you guys marketed music, produced music, and introduced artists? that you guys were almost uh, a label, you guys were, but you guys were industry within yourselves. Well, it's, it's um, I, I don't look at it as a, we want the credit or respect it. It's like, just let history speak for itself, you know, but it wasn't just us. A lot of people like EC and Rubber Room. Sure, sure, sure. Just pl- plenty of people out there that were doing it with us, and we all kind of did it together, you know, so. But um, it's just, it's just how things go, you know. It's, it just builds, you know, so. Absolutely. It is 314. You're listening to Vocalo Radio 91.1 FM. I'm Jill Hopkins. I'm Gabe Mendoza. Together we are here bringing you live radio from the Smart Bar. It's the Vocalo Winter Block Party. Uh, it's the 10th annual edition. And coming up at 6 o'clock, the Molemen DJs take the stage at the Metro. Have you ever DJed four graffiti artists before? The question is, have I ever DJed? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> um, um, yeah, there is a first time. Uh, I've never learned how to play instruments, and I've been learning how to do it the last four years. So There you go. Uh, yeah, there's a first time. Maybe I'll DJ today. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for sure, PNS will DJ, yeah. and, and me and Memo will maybe do something. We'll help him out. <laughs> we'll carry his records. We'll break, <laughs> break out the drum machine and just go, you know, air it out. But we definitely brought our music here, so I brought mine and the, the other guys brought them. So are we going to hear some classic moment records? Or what, what do you think we're going to hear? You know what? As far as me, I was going to do that, but I, I just brought uh, the most recent stuff, Okay. you know, okay. which is the last seven years of okay. recent stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait, and I want to get people uh, the information and the tools that they need to get to the Metro and check this whole thing out. The Moment DJs are taking the stage at 6 p.m. right here at the Metro with the Secret Walls Battle and the Louder Than a Bomb mixtape winners. Uh, the Vocalo DJ Collective show is about to start in 15 minutes, and both are happening here, right here on Clark Street. You can keep up with the Moment Records at Moment Records, and... Panic, it is a pleasure. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining me today. You are listening to a live broadcast from the world-famous Smart Bar. We are celebrating the Vocalo Winter Block Party 10. Ten. Oh, my gosh. This party is in, like, the fifth grade right now. Big facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm Jill Hopkins. I'm Gabe Mendoza. Coming up on the show, uh, lots of great music from lots of great Chicagoans happening upstairs at the Metro right now. The uh, DJ Showcase is getting underway featuring Chicago's uh, very own Vocalo DJ Collective. After that at 4.15, down here at the old Smart Bar, you'll have the MC Olympics hosted by Def C. And then later on, all sorts of music from Luna Day, Navarro, MFN Mello, and our next guest. Mother Nature is a fearless force in hip-hop through peace 
and love. Cleva and Truth are never afraid to speak on issues that matter, and these creatives masterfully weave political rhetoric into music that you can party to. Joining us on Vocalo today and on the Metro stage at 9.40 p.m. are Cleva and Truth, collectively known as Mother Nature. Thank you so much. Hey, Mother Nature's hey. in the house, everybody! Oh my goodness! I am I am so happy that y'all had some time in the day to come talk to to us. The last time I saw you live uh, was at the North Coast Music oh, yeah, Festival. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the middle of the summer. Uh, I was sweaty. You guys were yeah. great. We were sweaty too. <laughs> a little sweaty. Now we're all bundled up indoors at a winter block party, and it's February. But I bet we're still gonna get sweaty. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Got to. You already know. <laughs> Tell us about what the latter half of 2018 brought for the two of you. Man, a lot of focus, uh, really. Uh, we went through a lot in the beginning of the year, like a lot of pain, a lot of stuff being snatched from us. Um, and just like, just within our group dynamic, just going through changes. So the last half of the year, we really were just focused on the music, like staying in the house, just, you know, going crazy, yeah, listening real, to beats all day. Yeah, real hibernation mode, just trying to, <laughs> yeah. trying to put all that energy, everything that we've learned through that first half of 2018 and all the all the good and the bad putting it all together and just making making some dope music mm -hmm. and really uh captivating everything that had happened so far so it was it was dope it's dope we still i think we still in that in that mode still it's it's still cold outside and yeah. stuff like that so but it's nice it's nice to just hone in on the craft and just work on music just day in day out i i don't wish bad things on either of you you're good people i want good things to happen but i do appreciate that you take any uh, you know strife or, or trouble that may come your way yeah. and, and fold it into the music instead yeah. of giving us like you know the Instagram version of, <laughs> of what's going on in your yeah. life why is it important you to showcase every aspect man when you're vulnerable you allow people you give permission uh, people permission to be vulnerable back mm -hmm. and I feel like that's necessary um, for all the things that we like uh, internalize on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. um, it's necessary to express that and to know that like that pressure is necessary for you to evolve exactly. so it's just looking at everything from a positive um, standpoint exactly. and life itself is is the good and the bad so we try to make sure that we we showcase everything that's going on with us and because everything that is kind of on the negative side is always still something that turns into something positive um so we just want everybody when they see us and look at us and see our stripes and struggles that even though you're going through it going through it too it's still something that you can get through and it's for a reason that's the main thing like it's for a reason so Let's talk a little bit about where you guys started off down in Champaign. Okay. Central Illinois is obviously not the ideal place for someone nah. to claim they're from, <laughs> and especially when they're in the, the hip-hop game. Um, can you guys talk about like what that meant uh, mm -hmm. as far as you guys starting out and honing your skills mm -hmm. and helping you guys develop into the artists mm -hmm. you are today? Definitely. Well, I'm from I'm from Champagne. Um, That's cool. Yeah, for right, me, don't it's put like a city now, like they talking about it's cool. But that's where I'm rooted. You know what I'm saying? It allowed me to just be an individual to like grow up and and the fact that I found rap, you know, I found it through my dad. But the fact that I found rap in Champagne is pretty dope and crazy to me. Um, and the fact that like I went to school and it was so many other musicians either from Champagne or who are coming from Chicago. Um, it seems like a city that that has a lot of talent and cultivates a lot. Of talent right. so it it was honestly you know great for us to start there because we had you know the U of I we had our student and we we weren't a group when we were going to U of I right. but we were still that was still our network um, and then once we graduated 
you know, being in Champagne, we received just so much love and support from our community. It being a smaller community, it wasn't hard to like get people involved. Um, so, man, Champagne is everything in allowing us to just explore Mother Nature um, in a free space. And it was dope to be able to cultivate not only just the music and stuff, but like we got our whole game from Champagne yeah. for the most part. Like mm -hmm. from our first mentees that we workshop with, from our management, shout out Nov and Cat, um, like a lot of our uh, close friends and our like uh, fan base and things like that have definitely been honed in Champagne. So it's dope to be able to see all that where it started and where it's flourishing now. So for us to come to Chicago and pretty much just replicate what we did in Champagne, mm -hmm. it's dope to see that 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 uh, that work ethic and that that uh, that platform has shown us how to really mold who we are and put it in Chicago and then make and it do it and do it do. yourself. Like yeah. Champagne yeah, exactly. is all about DIY. Mm -hmm. You know, there isn't really an industry there where mm -hmm. somebody who you know is pushing you and telling you what to do, how to get your artistry, you know, how to get your art out there. Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of DIY mentality, and then we brought that to Chicago, and I think mm -hmm. that that's what's sustaining us. Definitely. It's 3.31. You're listening to Vocalo 91.1 FM. Jill Hopkins, Gabe Mendoza here. It is the Winter Block Party. We are live at the Smart Bar. This is crazy. We're live at the Smart Bar. <laughs> uh, and we are speaking to uh, some, uh, some great MCs in Mother Nature. They'll be taking the stage at 9.40 this evening. Uh, so your MC game, tight. Your Thank performance you. game, on point. But it's not every day that we get to talk to rappers about the United States State Department. <laughs> Tell us about your work offstage with Next Level. True, true. Uh, I would say Next Level definitely opened our eyes to the global aspect of hip-hop, and it showed us how far it can really take us. Uh, with Next Level, we both applied. Uh, we had to apply as individuals. Um, this, I think, we applied twice before. Did third time we got in. <laughs> and what's um, the what's the end goal of, of getting uh, connected with Next? Level? Man, Next Level allows what the, the premise of Next Level is taking artists from uh, the United States and putting them in countries outside of the U.S. So you'll get into groups uh, that'll consist of MCs, graffiti artists, DJs, B-boys, B-girls, and then that team goes off into another country and works with students that nine times out of 10 doesn't speak English. You know, we had interpreters and translators. And but they love hip hop, they love yeah. hip hop, so mm -hmm. it's like. Yeah, so it was, it was easy to connect on that level. So even if we didn't have an interpreter, I could just, you know, let's do this, da 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 da. And like, they don't know what I'm saying, but they understand hip hop. So they understand, okay, you want me to flow it like this, do it like that. So it was dope to see how hip hop is still that universal language and it allows us to connect with people that may not look like us. Um, it opened that gateway to us to just dream bigger, um, think outside of the U.S., and uh, just continue on this grind and, and know that we still are in alignment with God and with everything that we want to do to keep on going in the direction that we're going. Yeah. I think uh, hip-hop being an international language uh, says a lot because there's... In 2019, we talk a lot about cultural appropriation mm -hmm. and the wrong way that things like that could be done. But this is this is cultural appreciation yeah. that ah, Next yes. Level is doing. When you're in a different country, when there's folks that don't look like you, when there's folks that don't speak your same language, and you see how much they love this thing that mm -hmm. you love too, how does that motivate you in your craft? What do you do after that? Well, I, it allowed me to recognize our privilege that we have here as Americans, the fact that we even have an industry and that we're even allowed to like pursue our dreams that are artistic. Um, it's not really a common thing. I went to Morocco, she went to Azerbaijan. Um, and for them, it's just like, yo, we wanna learn how to do this. We wanna learn how to, we wanna live off this, you know? And so it's 
it was literally like stepping back into the 80s. And I've never been to the 80s before, but that's what it, that's what it felt like. Oh, so let like, me tell you, it was dope. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you know, y'all are y'all are really at the um, the core of, of your movement right now. You don't know it, you know. So it just it just taught me that we have so much to give. Um, that we have learned so much by being, you know, DIY artists and doing everything independent. Uh, we have a lot of knowledge um, to pass on, and we do that. We do that through our uh, our nonprofit. Um, we have a program called the Miseducation of Hip Hop, and so the way that Next Level, I guess, connects with what we want to do in a grander scheme of things is we want to be able to go to all communities, um, but especially Black and Brown communities where, like. Genius is forgotten. You you forget that you're a genius just naturally, <laughs> and so we really want to use hip hop as a way to like to heal, you know, our community. So, yeah. so you guys are closing down the Winter Block Party in oh, 2019. Yeah, yeah. Shut yeah. it down. Um, talk a little bit about performing for the hometown crowd here in Chicago. Yes, sir. and also what can people expect to see? Oh, uh, it was always dope to perform in front of gang, you know. Shout out everybody, you know, YCA, Vocalo, everybody. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, people can definitely expect some bars, of course. Uh, we got the homie DJ Simba on the ones and twos right. with us tonight. Yes, yes. Um, new energy, yeah. yo. Like yeah. the new the new music we got is like it's just it's pressure, it's mm-hmm. it's energy, it's intense, right. it's fun. Um, it's stuff that you can sing along to, mm-hmm. so y'all gonna get a little taste of everything that we've been working on, um, and that we have coming forward in the next couple months. So. I, I don't know if y'all can tell on the radio, but I'm cheesing so hard right now. <laughs> uh, a, a Mother Nature show is not to be missed, hey. and a free all ages Mother Nature right, show. Okay. No better than that. <laughs> We've got plenty of time to get here, Team Vocalo. I want to get the information into your ears. Uh, you can find out more about the great work that Mother Nature does at Mother Nature Bars. That's bars with a Z. Dot com. And you can follow them on Instagram at Mother Nature Bars and on Twitter at MO underscore nature. We're going to sign off this live broadcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, all of you.